Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Notch. I'm Colin. I'm Caleb. This week, Minnesota United fans learn what they have learned so many times before. Ronald learns that referees can have a pretty big impact on games, and Thailand learns that the World Cup was really all about the friends they made along the way. Welcome back to We Call It Soccer. It's not been a break in the episode that we're coming back from, but a break from having a podcast. Because last week, of course, our equipment was taken hostage. It was uh, we had we got a little photo with a with our mic stands holding up a newspaper. Yeah, and we we actually uh, posted something on Bandcamp to help pay for the ransom. Right, and then Nick thankfully brought our equipment back today. So here we are recording again. And um, I was reflecting on the fact that we didn't get to properly acknowledge the end of Game of Thrones on this um, on this podcast. And, Good. <laughs> and I wanted to to ask you a question about that, which is: Has there been a time that you have vehemently disagreed? with the internet and popular discourse. Because right now the internet is filled with I hate of Game of Thrones memes and all the stuff about what the producers of that show forgot or whatever. I couldn't care less. Like I was also, I went to Atlanta to visit some family and everybody there hates Game of Thrones now. And I, because of the final season and I love it. I love the way the show ended. Yeah, bring on the hate. But I'm with you. Yeah, so, so was there a time that you guys have vehemently disagreed with the quote-unquote circle jerk online? I mean, my will is just always correct, so <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and don't everyone go acquiesces to me rather conformist. than the other way around. No, no, you sheep. <laughs> no, oh, don't I, bring up sheep. Don't. No, I didn't say sheep. Yeah, <laughs> goddamn, dude. Seriously, like, we, uh, I don't need triggers for that. Okay. <laughs> I, I wonder how many of the listeners even get that reference. But uh, also, don't don't give me something that's like seriously just the internet being internety and toxic. Give me give me something like real, something like you know. Uh, I don't. I don't know, man. It's it's hard to. Like, hasn't there been I've, some movie that everybody loved that you were like, ah, oh, this is trash? Oh, yeah, or absolutely, album, absolutely. Uh, Napoleon or, Dynamite. Yeah, watching garbage okay. movie. Watching garbage movie. Yeah, that, and like all my friends and like, I don't wasn't really big. I don't think I was on social media at that point. I don't know when it came out, but wasn't big. But it seems to have like such a life now on the internet with all the gifs and everything, and I. It was so boring, and I can't believe that I sat through the whole entire thing in the theater. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and, that that's yeah. fair because everybody yeah. did like that, and you were hoping it would be gone from your life, and now it's back. What yeah. about you, Colin? Um, I, I'm trying to think of anything specific. T-shirt uh, company, sport, music album. I mean, I, I'm sure trend. that I, I'm sure that I've taken some sort of like outspoken stance before you seem like a counterculture <laughs> have you ever, of have you ever liked a, a dance me album when it came out um i actually did like every single against me album when it came out then you were against every single against me fan because like yeah it that is was very the last true. album it is bullshit yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> um i mean <laughs> i mean i i do definitely like i'm more iffy on shapeshift with me although I figured out, apparently that is my wife's favorite album. Oh, nice. Which I don't understand. So, um, oh, I've got one. Um, Fleetwood Mac. Cannot fucking stand Fleetwood Mac. Oh. And yet everyone that's doing like the like reappraisal of like classic pop and stuff is fucking obsessed with Fleetwood Mac. Because Rumors is a fantastic album, one of the best albums of all time. Found over $2 at a garage sale on vinyl. So. Uh, rumors <laughs> is basically what happens when you take, like, cuck fang fiction and force <laughs> people to sing harmonies about <laughs> themselves being cheated on. That's what okay, that okay, album okay, is. Okay, okay. Before, before we go too far down, I got to give you my revelation. But I, I need an intro to this because I think it's going to unite all of you against me, so... You don't like Collins? No, no, no. I mean, that's not even a, a like controversial take. Like, so I don't I even like these things. Like Nickelback. <laughs> I 
Done. <laughs> Both Caleb and Colin have literally walked out of the room, like out of the front door. Um, <laughs> I told you I needed an intro for that. Are you staying? Um, granted, I don't think they're very good music, but it's just funny. That's like, you know, music. when it comes on and it's so like over dramatic and stupid, same with Creed. It's just so bad. It's good. You know, no. I, no. I enjoyed no, 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 no. both of those very much. And, um, I liked how Colin and I like really committed to a phys- physical bit on an audio medium. That is, <laughs> <laughs> this will really I mean, play really well when they listen. I know I did everything that I could to like shuffle the mic around as yeah. we did that. Though, like, well, okay. So let uh, from, is from a Foley artist. Jeez, from talking about the Nickelback of music, let's talk about the Nickelback of Minnesota United's 2019 MLS season uh, in a segment we call "Don't Look Back in Anger." I wish we could look forward, but instead we do have to look back in anger at uh, Minnesota visiting Colorado. Yes, the same Colorado that was at the bottom of the Western Conference until <laughs> after this game. And um, yeah, we lost 1-0. Um, that was a game that happened. Yeah, that that occurred. So, who wants to mention the excuses? Like the call-ups and, you know, whatnot and... Um, the call-ups allowed for some interesting subs like Chase Gasper and Colin Martin, who are actually good. Uh, yeah. So I'm not going to use the call-ups as an excuse. Also, how is it that uh, Mr. Miller has fallen below both Boxel, a center back and right back, and Chase Gasper, a man literally making his first appearance in an MLS game? I mean, I wanted to see Chase Gasper regardless, that doesn't mean that Michael Boxel is a right back. Yeah. Like he's not a right back. He's not. He is so not. He's also like not the reason we lost. No, no, no. 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 Uh, just, this is me just remarking on but the fact. It's not, he, he yeah. was put in a, in a place where he couldn't succeed. I mean, is, I think you could actually make some argument that with how much we focused on Ramon Metonier's playmaking, the fact that you just subbed that out. With Michael fucking Boxel at right back, yeah, that that was a problem. You should have known that he wasn't a forward because oh, of course, and it, you, it you should have known that, and you should have figured out a way to like work around that tactically. I'm acting as though you are Adrian Heath, Caleb. I'm I, sorry. <laughs> I, I, I feel your anger. Yeah, like <laughs> it, it's kind of like in the Water Boy. Like I'm, I'm just like visualizing Adrian Heath, and I'm surprised I haven't punched you in the face yet. Damn, apparently this was the game. We're talking about the Colorado game from last year. Uh, <laughs> and you're John Pasquarella. But um, we are... The reason I talked about Miller is because on the pitch was one Sam Nicholson, who we traded to Colorado, RIP in peace, for Mr. Miller. I could have noted this on Twitter. I didn't because I didn't want to feed the like anger vortex and that was happening, which is justified, but still. Nicholson had a pretty decent game. He, he, got, he got past his high end outs pretty regularly um, so, in the first so, half. So now, in retrospect, do we even want to open that door? Do we want to leave no. that door locked, closed, with gawk around it? The no, whole Nicholson Miller trade? Yeah. <laughs> Let the record show that uh, Nick just realized that he meant not C A U L K, not, yeah. not, not the other not, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not the other guy. Not, co- like, not Coach Talk oh. from. Uh, oh, from well, yeah, Coach Talk. Oh yeah, coach. But, okay. Um, no, uh, I don't think that's fair to make that comparison because Sam Nicholson hasn't really played much for Colorado until this year after Anthony Hudson left. So what happened for Minnesota United? It wasn't Eric Miller. It wasn't Boxel. It wasn't Gasper. It what was happened? The offense. Yeah, you can't look at the defense and say we did poorly. Uh, set piece goal isn't indicative of um, how the defense played as yeah. a whole from open play. They played pretty well from open play. There weren't really that many chances that Colorado created from open play. And Ty Tamara on a corner, when he gets up like that, he's going to put it in the back of the net. That's what he's been doing for 
years yeah. in MLS. And, and which is why you got to have someone dull covering him and going up for the ball when he does. <laughs> and I mean, nobody it, did. And, well, Aikopara was almost like trying to box him out on it, which isn't the way that you should defend Kai Kamara, no. but you know, it, it happens. And like even even if Ike got all the way up on that, Kai Kamara probably would have been three or four inches taller in the air. Like that's that's how yeah. good of a header he is. But, He's but that you're, good at you're, heading. you're basically saying that there's no way we could have not conceded a goal on that set piece, which is I mean, sort we of struggled with set pieces the whole time Adrian Heath has been here and before. Yeah. Um, we've been poor at set pieces. I we've been actually better at offensive set pieces this year, which is weird. We have like three goals offensive set yeah. pieces this year. I mean, like better is a relative term. Yeah, compared which, to, to all of last year, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Better is a relative term is my phrase to describe the entire season for Minnesota United. So my far, mind, but my mind put better is a relative term to the tune of the first cut is the deepest when you just said that in my head because that that's better it. is a relative term. Yeah, baby, I know. Yeah, see that that works. It, that works for Minnesota United season. I mean, it it doesn't parse, but it works. So, where was I? Uh, the, it was all of the offense and the chemistry between the offense. Um. I feel like Medali Barra didn't touch the ball enough. He was, by the end of the game, he was coming all the way across the field to get the ball from the right side. Um, we really missed Kevin Molino. Um, he should have been starting on the right wing instead of Ethan Finley, who had a horrible game. Um, just Saint, probably our best chance of the game. Oh, best chance of the first half. Lawrence Olenvall, people, had the best chance of the entire game. And this was stepped the, in front of Angie. No, to take no. It. Ico Para had the best chance of the entire game when he dribbled even further than Francisco Calvo would have thought responsible. I think this is the best point of the whole game that Ico Para and Larry Olam were creating our attack. Yeah. Rather than anybody in the midfield, which was completely absent. And yeah. Uh, and we missed Jan. He's the one who can spray the ball around. Ozzy's more defensive. Larry, uh, uh, we learned that Olam is more of a defensive player as well. He can't fill that Jan space. No, Darwin's. I don't know where Darwin's at. I don't know. I mean, where Angie's at. It's just. Well, and I said this on Twitter. This team is too talented to be this bad. On on paper, you look at the roster, the team that we have. We brought in MLS defenders that are have won awards for the defending. Uh, Alonso, MLS Cup winner. Top three defensive midfielder in MLS when he's healthy, and he has been. Ike Dapara, 2017 Defender of the Year, has shown that form this year. He's elevated the defensive line. Uh, uh, Michael Botzel and Brent Holman have their, had their best games as loons this season without Ike on the pitch. Um, Miller's been fantastic when he's on the, been on the pitch. Roman Matanera's been a revelation at probably the best right back in the, in the league. Vito's locked down that goalkeeping spot and has earned it. It's not just a guy that Heath has signed been like, oh, you're in now. He's earned that spot. Darwin scored how many goals last year? Uh, Ethan Finley, before he got injured last season, looked really good. He had has already this year. Kevin Molino is getting back into form. Miguel Ibarra was fantastic last season. Yandre Deuce, for all the hate he's gotten on online for being poor for that DP slot. He's a midfielder. He's not going to be scoring three goals or he's not going to be scoring 10 goals this season. He's got, an I think two goals or one, at least one goal, three assists and an own goal created. That's pretty good for a midfielder who was signed as a number six, but really is number eight. Who doesn't have a lot of pace. Who doesn't have a lot of pace. Exactly. He, like he's, he adds that long shot that we haven't had outside the box in since NASL days, but it comes down to coaching and tactics. What happened when Darwin came to the lead? He dominated. Learned the tactics. Now look where he is. I don't know. Christian, when he came into the lead, MLS, dominated. Second season, dismal. And and we are working with a coach who is the striker whisperer as such. You better yeah. start yelling. Right. From from Orlando. And Jamie Watson on the broadcast was like, you know, I've been in the locker room when Heath was upset and apparently he would come in and rail at these people but there's I mean I don't know what Heath is talking about in the locker room I don't know what the players feel about him but there's something that's not happening because this team doesn't have an identity a lot of people on Twitter were talking about that also the mentality isn't there how do you go to a demoralized place like Colorado and not stomp him off 
Like, this has happened repeatedly where we go to these demoralized stadiums, which should be easy games for us. New and England earlier this year. We aren't able to produce a result because there isn't that sense of we are the strong team. Yeah, we deserve is, the three points. Exactly. From and, kickoff. Right. And it, it just comes down to when an individual player <laughs> does individual things that put us over the top. That, Like you're saying, there's no kind of cohesive strategy in there. Um I I, th- I got to give credit to this discussion to both um, Colin Solberg and Jeff Ruder. Uh, most recently, we talked about this after the Philadelphia game. But um, I want to ask you guys, who is going to be worse or, or better than us from the teams that are currently outside of the playoff spots? Like, who do you see? I think we talked about this on a previous podcast, yeah, uh, too. But now, like, after seeing this, the last few results. Uh, Portland, I'm scared of. Yeah, San Jose. I mean, they had a little speed bump we'll talk about later this week, but yeah. um, they have the talent and the and the coaching to make those players better that can move them up the table. Yeah, and I, I would say maybe RSL fall off. Who knows? But besides that, do we honestly think that the rest of the teams that are behind the loons right now couldn't beat them just a game up? Yeah, like, and in in every single matchup, you wonder whether or not Minnesota would be able to score. That's yeah. frightening when you've got a designated player number ten who lit up the league last year. You've got a designated player striker. You've got very yeah. expensive TAM players on the wings. They're like TAM level, basically. Right now, like, it's Adrian Heath with over two years of coaching with this team and with the San Jose Matas Almeida has had three months and they're already looking like a team that's to be reckoned with at San Jose. They Look at Gio, Gio Savarese's job in Portland and how they sucked what the been? start of the season and, and how things went for them. I mean, I, I'll give it to both Vancouver and SKC too, which I, I don't think they're shoe-ins to be better than us, but I they, they're, they've looked threatening enough where because of that uncertainty that you were talking yeah. about, it could happen. It, I, I don't expect them to necessarily be dominant, but I could see us being in a dogfight with them. As soon as SKC spot. gets healthy, they're bound to go on a run. And and by the time most of you listen to this, you'll have seen us play SKC in the Open Cup tomorrow. Yeah, so we'll see that. how that goes. Um, um, I, I just have one last thing I need to say, which I think is really concerning to me, which is, I don't know how much more of this I want to put up with. Like, I say this as a supporter, someone who cares a lot about this team, that like, I choose to fly somewhere to watch away games. I was supposed to be in Denver. It was just I had health issues that I won't go into right or on this podcast. But like I couldn't go. But I I I chose to spend money on a flight on a hotel room. It was going to be a one night trip. I was not going to do anything except go to this game and it's tailgate. And it makes me wonder if it's worth it anymore. A game like the friendly against Aston Villa, even the Open Cup tomorrow, which is not included in my season ticket package. Do I now? It becomes one of those things like, do I want to subject myself voluntarily? <laughs> to that disappointment, the anger, the, like, frustration. You know, because it feels kind of inevitable at this point. Like, uh, I'll be honest, I'm I'm skipping a trivia night where I make money. The only reason I'm doing that for the Open Cup game tomorrow is because I don't have supporters tickets and this was a good excuse to stay in the section. That's the only reason. And, and we are committed fans who spend hours of our life every week recording this podcast. Imagine what that's like for just the casual fan who who's there because it's a good time with friends and family. If your kids are leaving the stadium kind of upset, if yeah. they care about the team. And I mean we've seen we've seen sellouts all season so far at Allianz. Yeah. I think tomorrow will be our first non sellout. Um, Hertha wasn't quite a sellout. It was close. Friendlies are Yeah. I don't Count, but this is but, I mean, this is a competitive game and a competition that should matter to Minnesota, and they're not going to sell out. And I think once it starts hitting the bottom line, start all the starts looking a little thin. That's unfortunately, I think that's when Chris Wright and Bill Dwyer start looking at the coaching position. And, and you see this at other teams in this league as well, right? That are that have struggled. It, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a sad business with attendance, but like. I just I found myself reflecting on this again. It was in that discussion after the Philadelphia game where I was just like, I'm starting to become just so numb to it all that I 
it's not like I'm getting disappointed. I've just started getting like apathetic mm-hmm. at times. Yeah, that's exactly Expecting right. Failure. And so it's kind of sad, you know. And of course, they just emailed us about season ticket renewal. <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> earlier today, uh, if I could say just one positive thing about this game, um, I thought Tom Barton played extremely well. Yes, a lot did. of yep. fire and determination in his game, and looked a lot more confident than he had in Pat in the past. And then that loan did a lot of work for him. I don't think he should go back and loan the rest of the season. I think he should be a fixture on the bench as a use as a sub. At also, least as a spark plug. Oh, uh, Daspar looked okay. You know, he had a dumb yellow, but he I think he meant to take that just to stop yeah. the counterattack. Very first game. Once uh the Hassan Dots moved to the right back, he looked a lot more comfortable, a lot better over there, which is good because Roman Van there is out till mid July. So So uh it's been 20 minutes. We've talked about Nickelback liking Nickelback and Minnesota United's def- disappointing game. So at this point, we don't have any listeners listening anymore. So we can do whatever the hell we want at this point. So let's just talk about the fact that quickly, Jan Grigas is off at Slovakia. He came on at halftime against Jordan, and they scored five goals. So that's pretty great. He scored one. He assisted the opener. Yeah. He late, was on the field for all five. He was also late sub in the European qualifier at win at Azerbaijan for Slovakia. Rasmus Schuler played for Finland. He was a late sub in the European qualifier, wins against Bosnia and Liechtenstein. Uh, the nation of Herzegovina, very upset, Colin, that you did not put them in the notes with Bosnia. Our three listeners from there just turned off the podcast. Wait, we have three listeners all the way? We have three listeners in general? Hey. Hey, hey, hey. 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 We have I at listen. least double I'm at least that. one. Uh, Got my dad. I said Jane. listener, not download. Okay. <laughs> listener. Uh, let's move on now to a segment that we call the championship. But the championship is a game. No, producer Nick. Is it a game? Is it a league? No, it's a segment where we talk about America's top leagues, the NWSL and MLS. NWSL was off this week, so we did not get to see the stunt doubles out there. And... Um, Major League Soccer had a reduced schedule, which is why we could spend hours and hours in our misery on the loons. Uh, Montreal played Seattle midweek in uh, Stad Saputo, and this game ending 2-1 to Montreal. Harry Ship just got laid out for a penalty in the early part of the first half. That that looked brutal. Yeah, uh, Victor Rodriguez converted for Seattle, but uh, Safford Tadair scores a brace in the second half, uh, earns a penalty, and then Stroke converts it, and then kind of just is left free in the box on a deflection, and the ball finds him. And of course, this, 2 1 Montreal. This was like one of those war, like uh, battles in a war where uh, both armies have just recently fought other battles and they're coming out depleted because Montreal only had five subs, Seattle only had six on the bench, one less than necessary. Mix of call ups. Must be nice to have lots of players who are considered top of their nation okay uh there's new- there's four of them for minnesota that are gone right now uh, but yeah seattle had but montreal had a lot left and they still won right huh. yeah all so. are not introduced new york city fc uh played against fc cincinnati and uh, fc cincinnati having a rough time of it so far this year new york city fc saying well you know uh, the Cincinnati fans kind of probably a little bit disappointed. So let's just score all the goals in this game and make it a, make it like <laughs> yeah. exciting for that those fans. That was fun. Yeah. 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 This is um, a grand old time. Yeah. Congratulations to you, NYCFC own goal for uh, taking the golden boot lead for FC Cincinnati this year. 5-2 this game ending in New York's favor. Uh, of uh, course, as we just said, all seven goals scored by New York City FC players. Uh, goals that counted for New York City FC. Uh, Heber scored twice. Matrista uh, Tajuri Shroudi and Morales scored once. Uh, own goals from Heber. Did he get a hat trick for that? Like, or... like, does it count as a hat trick or does it count as just one goal? So you know, you know how Jeff on this podcast a long time ago invented the gentleman's hat trick where you get like a combination of goals and assists mm-hmm. for a uh, yes. thing. So this can be like the drunk person's hat trick, <laughs> like the drunk. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what, what, what's the like drunk guy holding the door for you's hat trick? The sloppy drunk. Let's call it yeah. the sloppy drunk. Yeah, Heimer he gets a sloppy drunk with two goals and an own goal. <laughs> he bought you two beers, but he also knocked over the entire pool table somehow. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I don't now go have to, to Blackheart anymore. <laughs> so uh, I want to give you guys a, a view into one of the most frustrating things about me, which is that the jury Shradi has now become known as the jury Shradi as opposed to. Izzy Tajuri Shradi, because I used to love that fucking pun. Like, is he? I don't know. You know? Like, that was that was great. And now... I mean, just... he's, he's not. He's just Tajuri Shradi now. Okay. 
Yeah. yeah. I guess By he's, the way, he's, his name is kind of shroudy in mystery. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. By the way, um, stuff leaked out earlier today that uh, Kenny <laughs> you Safe's... You should get that looked at. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny Safe's loan will not be uh, extended, and he is actually going back to Anderlecht even earlier than expected. Yeah, a uh, hamstring injury, right? To, went back to... That's what rehab. they're saying. Yeah, FC Cincinnati, all sorts of good news for them. Never forget, this team took points from Atlanta in March. Uh, have we played them yet? We're going to play them soon, right? 29th, I believe. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Happy days will be there again <laughs> soon for you Cincinnati fans. Don't Jesus. you worry. Um, I, I half, we were talking about this when we were preparing, but like I half expect them to sign Heat, you know, and we hopefully part ways at oh, the end of the year. Oh, oh, in here? Please. He signed a lifetime contract. <laughs> He's here forever. Forever, forever, forever. <laughs> oh man. Okay, San Jose um, played FC Dallas in a game that is two games below, or one one game below the one that you're looking at, guys. On the notes, sorry. Oh yeah, I gotcha, one. gotcha. I um, scrolled too far, anyways. So this both games ended two two, even the one we missed. Um, but San Jose FC Dallas game ended two two. Daniel Vega. Oh, Daniel Vega in this game. What was it? Ten minutes in. Uh, yeah, about twenty. Thereabouts. Yeah, yeah. Deciding, you know, uh, you know, my team's been on a nice run of form after a disaster start of the season. You know, we need to make things interesting a bit. These guys from Texas, let's give them a goal right to start this game. In fact, I'm gonna let this ball that is slowly moving towards me in a non-pressed back pass from a defender. I'm gonna let it nutmeg me and then slowly roll into the back of the net. Like, I hope that that kind of almost vaguely deflected because no, otherwise it didn't though wow it didn't though that that's and just <laughs> the highlights scored matthias showed matthias almeida on the sideline and you could see the lead eye match logo <laughs> behind them just like fade away it's like no <laughs> what have i done <laughs> so okay the important question here is in terms of worst own goals ever by a goalkeeper sammy najak and uh, daniel vega neck neck to neck uh, which one was worse for you? Getting the ball thrown into the back of the net or letting a slow, tiny, like, slippy back pass go between your legs into the net three feet behind you? Uh, the Daniel Vader, because there's no effort in it. At least Sam was trying to throw it out. It just slipped. Yeah. And it was like, I got this. The confidence of him, the hubris just... It's also a competitive backfired. game. Yeah. yeah also I, competitive I, game. Yeah, I think the the whole fact that... This was in a game that involved like the standings and and competition. <laughs> um, like at at the very least, Sammy and Jacques, it didn't matter that he threw the ball yeah. into his own fucking net. This game was streamed live on Twitter. The I don't think you even watch the friendly that Sammy and Jacques threw the ball into the net. Maybe yeah. on my twenty nine, but yeah, yeah. So Twitter was fun when this game was happening. Um, Wondolowski apparently can't stop scoring. Again, someone check uh, Caleb's pulse. Uh, it's racing right doesn't now. Doesn't go just through anger. the roof. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, not enough to prevent FC Dallas from tying it up. Yeah, Francis Owatene, uh Ooh. fantastic outside oh. of the boot curler. It started to move right as it bounced. So, like, the spin on that ball was able to get through Daniel Vega, and it wasn't through his legs somehow. That was it, his, it was it was actually a good shot. No, fantastic shot on his MLS debut too. Yeah. Uh the other game that ended 2-2 that I referred to before, Storm FC playing SKC, where most important player in this game, Fortis Basakos, the referee, awarded two penalties to uh, SKC. Both through VAR. Um Jetson Fernandez drew a penalty after being taken down by Drew Moore kind of in the box. Like he was already falling, but also Drew Moore's hand was around his neck. Yeah. So I can see why that was given, honestly. I'll give him the... Uh, I'll even go this the, far. The, doubt. the only thing that I could not understand from Fotis Bazakos being terrible in this game is how he missed both of those as penalties yeah. live. The, like, it, they were pretty obvious ones. Yeah, and uh, Gutierrez converted that one. Casey's second penalty was a clear penalty followed by Nick De Leon on Gutierrez in the box. And Gutierrez... Went down in a heap because he also fell over the Toronto goalkeeper. And the ref's like, 
No, come on, no, play on. And no. the VR's like, hey, you might want to look at that because it's actually pretty bad. It's yeah. Like, oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nick oh. DeLeon did equalize mm-hmm. off of Pozuel across after that oh, first penalty. Cross. And then Jordan Hamilton gave Toronto the point in the final minute of the game, 95th. This would feel like two points dropped for Toronto. They were peppering the goal all game, just couldn't get a ball across. And the M story, too, they could have scored at least four. The Nick DeLeon experiment going well for <laughs> Toronto. Remember, he was hurt a lot of last year, came in and was strong in the playoffs with DC. Uh, still put on the waivers, now doing quite well despite being very expensive. Philadelphia played the Red Bulls in the game probably of the weekend in MLS. Uh, three goals for Philadelphia, getting three points with only two goals for the Red Bulls. Uh, Red Bulls up 2 nothing at halftime through Taku and a extremely cheeky chip by Brian White. Yeah, it was, it was a nice little rainbow that went into the rainbow onion bag. Uh, but <laughs> then Ilsenio gets subbed in and promptly scores twice and gets an assist. In about 10 minutes. Yeah. Up, Just, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, start. That's Ilsenio. Yeah. <laughs> like, Ilsenio is the same curve MLS. Okay. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, he's done this uh, multiple weeks in a row where he's just come off the bench and has been ridiculous for Philadelphia. His game-winning goal came off a volley that was off of a penalty save. By Luis Robles, and it, it was just so deftly finished. It was fantastic. Yeah. And yeah, I think Philadelphia probably deserved the one this stand. They were dominant in the second half. No lower leagues news this week because we've got a lot to talk about on the international side. So let's take a break here. We shall return with the U.S. national teams and much, much more. <laughs> Dad, um, I'm really glad you could join me here at uh, Black Heart. I uh, hope the traffic getting to this bar wasn't bad. No, no, it was all right. I, you said you wanted to talk about something. Yeah. Um. Uh, do Do we do you, Do you need another drink before we start talking? Cause um. Oh. Oh. Hey. Here. Here's Keith. Oh, Keith. Hey. How's it going? How's it going? I'm. Look, son. Oh, I'm good. fine. Yeah, I good. I don't need any of these. Anything? No, I, I'm good. Thanks, Keith. I I really don't need any of these craft fancy beers anyway. What happened to just drinking a nice cold Budweiser? Eh, it's a it's kind of an interesting bar. I've I've never been in a place quite like this. It seems like it's uh catered a bit to a niche audience um, or something. Yeah, I, these people have their own sense of style, don't they? Uh, can always tell when you're around. About that, Dad. I've been thinking for a while that I I need to be honest with you that there's something I haven't told you um, about me. I I've been feeling a bit different for a few years, and I, I wasn't sure how you deal with it. Is it about this weird Indian accent thing that you? No, been no, doing? That, Dad. I, that, that's just because of the actor playing me. But but anyway, I wasn't sure how you'd deal with it mom knows and she's known for a few years now and she wasn't she's out of town so i i I wanted keith here when i told you so that i could have someone who understands how i feel look you don't need to hide anything from me son just just spit it out i'll love you no matter what dad um i'm i'm a soccer fan what No, 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 that, yes. that absolutely cannot yeah. be See, son. I, I no. knew this no. was, yes, dad, I even go to English pubs on weekend mornings to watch my beloved Liverpool, how, okay? How in the fuck did this happen? Earlier when I was talking about how soccer fans dress, do you wear a scarf when you're not around me? Do you wear one of those jerseys even? We what? call them shirts, dad, in our community. Oh, no. No, don't you start with that soccer agenda bullshit around me. I will not put up with it. How in the hell did this happen? You you like hockey. You like hockey. Remember? Remember son, our first Minnesota Wild game? Mary and Gabrick tossed a puck to you over the glass? I don't know. 
there was this World Cup, okay, last year, and there's another one this year, and, and Dad, the U.S. women, they're really good. They're oh, better oh, than the sure. Wild ever will be, okay? Oh, don't you say that. That's this every year World Cup nonsense. That's how they get you into it, Keith. You're his boyfriend. You talk some sense into him. Do it. Welcome back to We Call It Soccer. About to talk about the World Cup in a second. About to talk about the men's qualifiers in another couple of seconds. But before that, I want to give a quick shout out to all the supporters groups that are doing a Pride Raiser in June. Highly recommend you'll go out there and contribute if you haven't done it already. Right here, we've got the Dark Clouds, we've got the Glitterati, we've got the Minneapolis Citizens. So you've got no excuse. Go out there and... uh, Contribute a little bit to the Pride Razor of your choice. You're on their website as well, prideraiser.org. And the one that you definitely can consider donating with, the U.S. Women's National Team. Correct. So uh, make a difference in the way that you can. And uh, with that, it's time for us. Which one, which national team do we want to talk about first? The better one. Good. The good one. So let's go. Which segment would that be even? I don't even, I haven't thought about this because we've, we've not had a World Cup in a while. Last year we had that from Russia with love. And, you know, I, I, I was thinking we could do some sort of Parisian cafe thing like the Football Weekly guys did for their uh, uh, the Euros. Russian bizarre. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, uh, um, what about like Lavar on Rose? <laughs> <laughs> Next week. We'll, we'll, we'll have a nice uh, World Cup segment for you next week. Maybe we can do it from Romal Pezer's uh, coffee shop. <laughs> Cigarette just coffee chain shop. smoking. This <laughs> is mm. much bullshit. <laughs> These carbs are fantastic. I was a champion. <laughs> God, guys. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's move into a segment now where, which we call They Don't Call It Soccer. In brackets, some do, though, where we talk about soccer from the rest of the world that we haven't talked about already. First up, World Cup news from France. The Women's World Cup is going on. Let's just dive into the greatest result in the history of results. No, no, Colin. We Uh, must be respectful to Thailand. Talking about this game disrespects the great nation of Thailand and all those valiant athletes who are on the pitch. How can we do them justice when we discuss the fact that the U.S. women thrashed them (laughs) (laughs) 13-0? I mean, I, it was amazing to watch this game. I like, remember finished like going and doing some dishes after the first half ended, and then came back up and turned on the TV. I missed about ten minutes of the second half, and uh, it was seven nil all of a sudden. Yeah, I was like, "What the hell?" Yeah, like I I was actually driving home. What I thought was going to be enough time in between, like the end of the half and the start of the second half. I was getting home from work so I could like just watch the end of it because I was like, I, I need to watch this. This is fantastic already. And I missed four goals. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> it's like a 20 minute drive for me between my office and my house. And I mean, I that, missed four goals. There was a halftime break in there. And then the the U.S. subbed in Carly Lloyd and Kristen Press. Because why Seven the fuck nil. not? They Mallory had, Pugh as well. They had four up top. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what they were planning for later on in the tournament to have four strikers on. Like... Okay, so do you plan on going seven goals down against France or something? Let's just let's just number one. Alex Morgan has sewn up the golden boot with five goals scored in this game. Um, she's only ahead by two right now. She set it up. Yeah, she's great. she set it up. I mean, so so let's let's ask this question uh, because there's I mean, come on, there's not much you can really truly analyze with this. So let's thirteen fucking goals. <laughs> <laughs> It's amazing. Like and, and defensively feel, sound too. And you do feel like, <laughs> you, know I mean? like you don't know what to do with your hands because you're like, I've never supported a team or an organization that does this well. I'm just sitting there being like, 
How? What do I do? Like, I remember the same feeling from the final the last time around when they were playing Japan and they were just demolishing them. We were like, you know, I'm buckled in for like a tough final. It's going to be a hard game. Everybody don't get excited. It might score be goal from midfield. I think we're just, just celebrating now like, forever. Yeah, I, I will uh, crack open several beers now. <laughs> it's it's a funny feeling. but So we can't really analyze the game as much, maybe. But... um. Let's analyze the reaction from soccer Twitter, which I think made a great case for deleting Twitter. Yet another one on the hundreds out there. Everybody, after watching a 13-0 game, the only thing that they can possibly discuss is, should they have celebrated? Should they have kept scoring? Was it respectful or disrespectful to Thailand? It's, they scored in the World Cup. Yeah. I would also like to point out, Germany beat Brazil in the 2014 World Cup 7-1. to They celebrated their goals. I'd also like to point out they celebrated just, their goals right in front of the home fans, no less. <laughs> so a couple weeks ago, a kid from Norway scored nine goals in one game. He celebrated his goals. So why can't the women celebrate their goals? Better See, yet, like there's a double standard there. Better yet, why don't we just say you should celebrate every single goal that you score? And if people hate it, let that fuel you. Like, I kind of want this U.S. women's team to just turn into the villains of this World Cup if it means they're going to score 13 fucking goals a game. Or come close to it. And uh, there's there's another point here. Number one, I think with the goals thing, come on, Thailand scored 13 goals against Indonesia recently. So let's not... That, that, that thing, the whole, like, you should stop scoring after a certain point, insert a mercy rule if you care about that. It's not there. You just keep scoring. Like, Second, the, opposite, the opposite of that even happens when goal differential is one of the deciding metrics exactly. for this tournament. This team is going to be, I mean, they might be bad against everybody, so you better score as many as you can against them, otherwise your opponents will. Um, and pinging the ball back and forth in your own half and keeping the other team from taking it, condescending to them on the pitch, is arguably a bigger offense to sportsmanship. Now, the other thing about it being respectful to Thailand to keep scoring, I don't think it's respectful. There's no respect in smashing them 13-0. I think it's just normal. Um, I think that you keep playing. Like yeah. it's it's. I, I don't think there's there's respect that can be earned. It's just disrespectful to do the other thing. In the same way... I don't think it's unsportsmanlike to celebrate. It's just sportsmanlike to not celebrate. It's and and you know what? If you're that kind of big person, like the Thai team, when they scored 13 goals against Indonesia, they didn't celebrate. Good for you if you're that kind of person and those goals weren't at the World Cup. I'm happy for you. And you know what? If I was a Thai fan right now, I'd be fucking seething probably. Um, if Atlanta United had scored 13 goals against Minnesota, I mean, when they scored those six goals against us and celebrate, I was really angry. So it, wait. It, it, you were anything but really fucking cold? Yes. Yes. I, I don't I, remember I, that. I still had hope yeah. back then. Um, <laughs> Good God. I, um, so, you know, I, I would be livid, but that's sports. That's what happens. You, like you said, it's the World Cup. Yeah. So I don't think you can lose any sportsmanship. And so if you, if you don't want to be that kind of individual, I'm, go ahead and celebrate. It's okay. And look, honestly... When I was a kid, the reason I don't play sports right now is because I was probably the reason that my team ended up on a lot of these 13-0 defeats because I was that bad at sports. But what that taught me is that people celebrating because they're scoring, it's because they're having fun. It's because they're enjoying their own performance. It has nothing to do with you the person that conceded that goal. Let them celebrate. Let them enjoy themselves. Don't take it personally. And also, I don't care if you're down by 10 or up by 10. If you score a goal in the World Cup, you better celebrate because that's not something that happens to everyone that plays this game. And yeah. what did they celebrate? They didn't taunt the Thai the players. They didn't yeah. rub it in their faces. After the game, they consoled them. And, a, and, and to Colin's point... They're not celebrating. <laughs> We're playing as a horrible team. They're celebrating. Yeah, I scored. It's not I scored against a terrible team. It's I scored. They, it, 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 it's a statement about an achievement, not a opponent. Yeah, cel yes. celebrate the fact that you scored a goal. Celebrate the fact that you were part of the biggest, heaviest scoreline in the history of the World Cup. And I, I want to give a... 
Yeah, anyway. I think we can belabor this point. Yeah, we were all on the same page here. We already belabored this point. We're all on the yeah. same page here. Celebrate your goals. Let's talk about the other teams at this World Cup and um, the things they achieved. In um, France, in the, in the opening game, for example, scored four goals against South Korea. Did Wendy Rana celebrate? Yeah, she did. Okay. All right. Uh, I would argue that Wendy Renard being as tall as she is, is even more unsportsmanlike than scoring 13 goals. Uh, tallest player at this World Cup managed to get uh, two headers, I believe. Two towering headers. Yeah. How tall is she? 6'2". Yeah. That is tall. That's tall. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just incredible performance by the French to, I mean, it was clear immediately in the first half that, like, okay, this game's going to be multiple goals to nil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, that game started, and you're like, oh, shit. Um, we should probably sandbag so we don't face them in the quarterfinals. Germany playing China, and the result a little bit more even, one nil in this game. Uh, Gwyn getting the, the, the goal for Germany. Yeah, but um, the big problem, uh, Jennifer Marazon is... Out at least for the group stage, probably the tournament um, with a broken toe. So a player that could have been up for the golden ball is going to be out. Australia versus Italy. Everyone's favorite Chicago Red star, Sam Kerr, has a penalty saved, sadly, in this game. And she scored on the rebound anyway. She's that good. 2-1 uh, the score to Italy, sadly, however. Wasn't able an, to pull it An through. upset, which is kind of nice to see. Yeah. And, Italy's and, not... a powerhouse in europe and kind of an underdog was an underdog in this game italy i think it was more of a sleeper than an underdog like a dark horse yeah maybe. yeah like it, that's a country that has invested really heavily in the club side of the game mostly if not entirely with domestic players so you know it makes sense that they would be making this sort of step maybe it's a little bit earlier than everyone expected the other thing, I mean, that's also their philosophy across their national teams in general. Yes, well, indeed. Traditionally. So, um, Brazil getting three goals against Jamaica. Brazil, of course, the team with multiple uh, NWSL stars, Dabinia, Andresinia, Marta, and Jamaica, the only team at this World Cup without a single player who plays in a domestic team. Yeah, Fantastic goalkeeper. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. Christian um, had a hell of a game to get a hat trick, but... that game could have been as lopsided as the U.S. game. And only 19 years old with a very well-done penalty save. Yes, indeed. In the which home is it coming to, Darby? England played Scotland (laughs) and 2-1 the results to the uh, English. Not Not really a a surprise. surprise. Not not remotely a surprise. I think a surprise that it was that close. But if any any team was going to give England the run for their money in the group stages, it was Scotland just because of that rivalry. Yes, indeed. You did see, just like England, um, teams that have invested in their domestic leagues like Netherlands, France, uh, are getting results so far. Spain getting a 3-1 against South Africa. We saw um, uh, the Netherlands pulling out a 1-0 win against New Zealand. Something of a surprise, just given how close it was. New Zealand has had a decent program for a while, but the Netherlands, there's a lot of firepower that was very close to scoring throughout the game. Eventually, they got one late. Yeah, they have Late a player. On. They play with the last name Bloodworth. Is <laughs> that sound of Bonville? I don't know what is. The there were some people north of the United States border uh, ragging on the U.S. women's team today about how it was unsportsmanlike. A lot of this conversation started with Canadian analysts quotes coming onto Twitter. Um, again, another one of the hundreds of reasons you should just get rid of Twitter. Yeah. But um, Canada pulling out a one nil result against Cameroon in kind of a sluggish game. Jealous much? <laughs> uh, Sweden getting 2-0 against Chile. Nigeria losing 3-0 to Norway. And Argentina in a surprise result against Japan. Managing to get the tie. The Japanese team pretty yeah, young this, this is, time around. This is a surprise result. Even though Japan has sent a really young team. They've been a powerhouse in the women's game for a long time. Yes, indeed. Argentina has not been. This is their, I think... Best results so far in the Women's so, World Cup? Yep. The, the U.S. women in their 13-goal game broke a record that had been Was scored by Germany, Germany yeah. 11-0 against Argentina. Argentina. Uh, yep. Fantastic interview, by the way, uh, Grant Wall did with uh, one of the goalkeepers for Argentina on the preview 
episode for Planet Football. Check it out. Uh, Spain beat South Africa three to one. Uh, the South African goal was their first goal in uh, Women's World Cup history, and what a goal it was! Should mention that uh, player representation by league system is an interesting thing to look at because the United States has seventy three players across this World Cup that play in the United States in one of the leagues or teams based here, um, 48 of whom are outside of the United States national team. Spain, the next highest with 52, only 32 of them are outside of their national squad. And France with 51, 31 players outside of their national squad. England coming in fourth with 49 and again 31 playing outside of the English national squad. So kind of interesting to see the powerhouse National League systems uh, represented at this World Cup. Uh, should also mention Barcelona, the club with the most number of players at this World Cup, with 15. Lyon in second with 14. Uh, no United States team, interestingly, making it into the top nine teams or clubs represented at this World Cup. I think some of that is the way that NWSL allocates the American players, but true, true. So um, just just kind of interesting little statistics there of uh, where, because we've been talking a little bit about how European leagues, Netherlands, France, uh, are, and, and even leagues in Australia are kind of starting to strengthen and invest more. Um, and, uh, and the English, of course. And so you're kind of seeing some of that be represented over here with which leagues you're seeing sending players to this tournament. All right, any other final notes on the World Cup this week? Excellent games coming up in the next few days. Yeah. Just so much fun having another World Cup. And if anything, I feel like this first round of games was even better than the 2018 first run of games. Go to the World Cup Street Fair at our service area on Sunday. You will meet producer Nick. You will meet me. And uh, you might uh, be able to get producer Nick to say this. But the championship is a game. So I think you should. Every time you'll see producer Nick asking, <laughs> ask him to say it. Or say it better yet, say it to him in his voice. Okay. <laughs> uh, he doesn't have an accent like me, so it won't be racist. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay then, Notch. <laughs> Hey, seriously, if I come up with a catchphrase and someone comes up to me and says it, it's going to probably be in that, like, Apu voice, and that would be like... You don't have that much of an accent. You really don't. You really don't. See, this is... I. I don't it's very know. subtle. Really? Yeah. yeah. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's then talk Speaking about... Speaking of subtle, let's talk about things that are subtly bad. <laughs> the Nations League? Because that was kind of annoying and slow games, yeah. Yeah, yep. really bad games. We, we'll, we'll come back. To, we started the podcast with despair. We'll come back to it at the end. How yeah. About that? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I said subtly bad, not not the thing that you were thinking I was going to talk about. Aha, okay, all uh, right. That's, that's a lot worse than subtly bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not very subtle at all, is it? Okay. Nations League is terrible. Why? Why does it exist? Well, okay, no. I don't... I, hold on. I understand why it exists. It makes... The European, the friendlies that happen throughout the season actually matter for something, right. and that's good. The problem is the semifinals and final happen a week after the Champions League, where players that were in that game and go to their their clubs and most of the ones, at least the English ones, didn't play in their first game in the semifinals against Netherlands. So their best, arguably the best players in Europe at the and club also level, Harry Kane. didn't get to. And did the play for their national team because they were tired because they had played a full 90 minutes week before. So England losing the semifinal, winning the third place game, winning England their very first trophy in the internet, any any international competitive trophy since 1968. So really the English should care about this Nations League a whole lot. Yeah. So I think the lesson from England's participation in the Nations League was don't play a half fit Harry Kane. It doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't. So, any any other reflections uh, on Portugal winning? Portugal won. Or? That was a dour game. Uh, one nothing over the Netherlands. Uh, England won over the uh, Switzerland. Um, but yeah, it, I understand why they have it. I think it'll take a few years for us to everyone to get on board, really. Yeah. But it, it's, it's better than just meaningless friendlies. Yes, yeah. it's one of those things that it shows that meaning comes from the games themselves, 
rather than from somebody saying that it's a meaningful major trophy. Let's now talk about what do we want to talk about? Turkey defeating France 2-0. That was something. in the Euro qualifiers. That was interesting. Um upset. Yeah. Do you want to talk yeah. about Germany defeating Estonia 8-0? Um did they celebrate? <laughs> Those assholes. <laughs> so disrespectful. Um, Such disrespect. Um Ireland beat Gibraltar 2-0. That was the thing that happened. That that did occur. Uh they also drew against Denmark, which is a slightly more uh Heartening result. Um, and Shane Duffy with the game tying header. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, we could talk about home nations. I mean, Euro qualifying. No, there's not no, really a whole what? lot. Let's not pander that oh, much to the. Who cares? Uh, Wales lost to Hungary. LOL. That's. Did they eat enough? An upset. Hungary did. <laughs> they ate some whales, which, like, were like that's a lot like, of it's morally not good. <laughs> yeah, but it worked for them. Did they celebrate? <laughs> <laughs> It was very, very graphic. Uh, yeah, I, I bet that was the, a very rich meal too. And the, 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 with so so much fat in that meat. After after that Wales game, their their players were blubbering. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's now. This episode brought to you by Greenpeace. <laughs> Greenpeace. Oh, we're fans of oh, Wales, but also oh. not Gareth Bale. I, uh, you know, one of my earliest, like, current events memories is when the French, I think it was the GSG9 or something, like their their secret police force or whatever, boarded and uh, took over the Greenpeace Rainbow Warrior ship. Uh, it was a huge controversy in the 90s. Anyway, yeah. let's move into a segment now that we call Keep Hope Alive. Here's to hoping the U.S. national teams. Oh, fuck. Let me do that again, Nick. I'm sorry. Here's hoping as the U.S. men's national team goes into the qualifying process for their World Cup and the Gold Cup. And uh, it's... Uh, <laughs> Everything's fine. Everything's fine. So the U.S. Um, lost 1-0 against Jamaica. Everybody calm down. It's just a friendly, y'all. Cool it. And then a few days later, they lost 3-0 against Venezuela. Everybody calm down. It's just a... Oh my God! What's wrong with us? Venezuela's best result in quite a while. It wasn't even Joseph Martinez that was scoring on us. He wasn't even on the field during the half that they scored three goals. Yeah, um, um, the first half. Yeah, that. Yep, yeah, it's not good. So no. experimental squad. Anyone? Um, uh, Tyler Adams is going to be out of the Gold Cup with a acute chronic groin issue. Oh, that's right. <laughs> There's nothing cute about that at all. <laughs> it's something about the painful. way that you said that. Oh, I, I'm dead serious. That's what they're describing it as. Uh, Josh Sargent out of the World Cup with an acute case of Zardes. Uh, I think he's out of the World Cup because we didn't qualify for it. A uh, Gold Cup. Gold. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Uh, that yeah. Was, that it's was, fine. He, he, he's he's not in the U20 World Cup because he was supposed to be maybe in the Gold Cup squad. Yes. Uh, Greg Berhalter coming out later saying he's in between the quality levels for the U20 World Cup and the Gold Cup. Yeah, and that's fine. He'll play at the Olympics and hopefully do well. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Nobody angry about this. It, I am no, so upset really. about everything. So I'm not the only Why one. is Good. Josie Altidore still on the team? Why is Jesse Zardes on the team? Actually, I am upset about that. But um, <laughs> no, I mean, it's like it's it's the gold cup. It doesn't. It's not like Josh Sargent um, can't play for the in the Olympics next year. He's he will be able to. He's gonna have another full year at, at Werder Bremen. Hopefully, playing more in the Bundesliga and. Yeah. Just let him grow. Let him go back and train with his, his uh, club team. You're it's so fine. excited about this thing that the U.S. hasn't qualified for yet. Have we not? No. Well, he didn't. No. Well, Josh Sargent will help us qualify. Thanks. Thanks, Caleb. Um, yeah, be positive, guys, about something on the uh, men's side yeah. of the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. 13 nothing. Remember okay. that? Yeah. <laughs> In reality, though, I will, I will say this for the U.S. It's on the eve of a tournament. A lot of these players are watching themselves so they can play in that tournament, unlike Tyler Adams, who hurt himself. And so you <sighs> take friendly results with a grain of salt. Neither of these results included Christian Pulisic. Uh, just, 
I think say West, that. I think Watson Martini only played in the Venezuela game. Correct. So it's definitely not a full-strength lineup for either game. Yeah. The thing that we should be excited about is that our best two players are 20. Yeah. That's what we should, that's what we should be excited about for oh, this hey, Gold Cup. We speaking to- of under-20s, uh, the U.S. went out in the quarterfinals against Ecuador 2-1. If you watched this game, you were assault- your ears were assaulted with a ding, ding, clang, 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 clang the whole game because some fan somewhere had found the most annoying musical instrument ever created. And uh, stood right next to the microphone. Yeah, and the sound mixer guy wasn't like, hmm, there's a microphone that's producing 300% more noise than anything else in the stadium. Maybe I should turn it down. Nope. Um, I love how that's the thing you're pointing at rather than the performance. I Because mean, it, it, it wasn't that bad of a game. Like, Ecuador finished the few chances they had. Tim Weah had a decent enough goal, but the U.S. just wasn't able to break through. And when you look at the squad, Weah's really like, I mean, on the performance in this tournament, Weah's the number one kind of takeaway. He, uh, Sebastian Soto yeah, also. Yeah, Soto. Yep. Pomichol, he got gassed a few times, but looks good. Dab Ramos might be a good coach. Oh, here we go. God. Oh, okay. you opened up Pandora's box with the way that we don't he, have that uh, much time. Yeah, we don't have um, that much time. That cutter game. What the hell was he doing? This game, the subs were all over the place. He was playing guys that were way too exhausted when he probably could have had more talent in the lineup in the first place. Okay. All right, let's, yeah, let's, there, yeah, let's leave it at that. Sure. Okay, well, um, hmm, looking at my notes here, somehow we always manage to fill an hour despite kind of uh, messing around and, I was like, and hey, not having a lot of games. Yeah, there's like nothing to talk about this week and an hour later. Not reveals he likes Nickelback. Let's talk about that for a little bit. I will we leave this gone. podcast for real. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, um, let's move on to the final segment called Confessions. Where Colin confesses all he knows, and you should forget. Watch this. These are my confessions. Just when I thought I said all I can say, my chick on the side says she got one on the way. These are my confessions. So, something that was brought up by occasional contributor to this show, uh, Nipun Chopra's website, Sock Takes, um, is that Las Vegas Lights captain and forward Irvin Para um, is going to be suspended for a violation of uh, team rules, essentially, following some allegations he made on Instagram that he was not actually getting paid. Uh, This has turned out to seemingly be false, according to everyone that isn't Irvin Para. Um, (laughs) Like, from... Vegas Lights ownership to other players to the USL players union reps to the league itself. And everyone says that it appears as though he is being paid on time. I dug into this as I am wont to do, and I am pleased to report that this was all just a terrible misunderstanding. See, Here's what happens for Las Vegas Lights players. Uh, They do get their paychecks on a regular uh, two-week basis. It's pretty standard within USL. The one thing that is a little bit different about them, of course, knowing Las Vegas Lights, their paychecks do not come through the mail. Rather, they are dropped out of a helicopter. Unfortunately for Para, every single time that his paycheck has flown out out of this helicopter, it has dropped five blocks away from his house. This is what happens when you're blowing just one check. Like, it, I agree. It's a <laughs> terrible situation. You should probably put some sort of counterweight on it. 
Like, <laughs> at, at the very least, like, maybe put some, like, rockets or fans on there. Like, <laughs> drop it with a drone instead of a fucking helicopter. <laughs> but And if one team would do that, it'd be Las Vegas. Oh, yeah, of course. Wait, like, wait, was he was he on the pitch, though, to collect his paycheck from the helicopter? Well, or was it just like, we're going to give away No, no, money no. It, it's supposed to drop right onto his lawn. Like, he has a specific time, but he just keeps waiting for it, and it doesn't show up. But... It, I, I don't know. Do you like, the swing pool that they have now? Is that his is full of money? You know. <laughs> oh, yeah. They have the, 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 yeah, the they, pools. They do have that. <laughs> the problem, though, is that because it's like actual ink that they use on it, if it drops into the pool, everything I just falls off off and and, and it just like washes water in away. there i would just put cash cold hard cash in, the, in that pool <laughs> no 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 like when and the check gets <laughs> dropped into it like I, it, I, it just washes off do you do you guys want to like wear swim trunks to a soccer game and leave dripping this is also the problem with you remember the original rendering so that lafc stadium i mean had, i would like, try it once corner pool. i know i would love to do it but but you know that I, no- I would rather be left dripping because of the scintillating performance if I you do know, say so myself. <laughs> you know, they're in a one like middle-aged, way too tan guy in a speedo. Oh God. In a, one of those kiddie pools. And it's just going to be awkward yeah. and weird. All right. Well, why don't we tell the good people where they can find us on Twitter? I'm at Olson 716 Also, uh, the book, uh, the dark, Complete darkness. darkness. Uh, finished its last editing part, so should be out soon. Hopefully, fingers crossed. I'll look for that. I'll you can still pre-order pre-order at bylinepress.com. Um, you can find my tweets at the attachment. Uh, you can find some of my writing over at e pluribus lunum. Um, I'm working on a large amount of stats to go through the first part of the season. Needless to say, they do not look pretty. You can find me at LockStockSpock on Twitter and at TWO United Fans. You can uh, find this podcast and find podcast providers everywhere. Tell your friends to listen. We would really appreciate it. We Call It Stalkers, produced by Nick Rodriguez, whose views on soccer and politics can be found at Nick Rodriguez on Twitter. With that, we bid you adieu for another seven days. See you next week.